Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Verily mortals, thou shalt join us in the halls of Valhalla this week as we discuss the latest Marvel movie, Thor, Love and Thunder, and Normies Like Us. Let me tell you the story of the space Viking, Thor Odinson. So that's the ex-girlfriend, is it? It's color we need. Let's bring the rainbow. This and here and now! You heard it up top. We are going on a cosmic road trip this week back to Valhalla, riding on a boat pulled by goats maybe on a a very (laughs) special episode as we talk the latest marvel movie drop that's right it's thor 4 more thor (laughs) wait that's that's not what it's called it's that's what it should be called love and thunder here on normies like us with your hosts um val colinry um i'll just say more (laughs) (laughs) more the pod butcher (laughs) Yeah, the pod butcher. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> nice. Oi, oi, you a god then. We had to butcher you. Uh, go and this is Jor. Mm. <laughs> Love and thunder. The only That's reason right. I did that god, before Jor. we get into this is we have Thor, Thor, Core, mm. Core good, Kor. and Gore. Yeah. So a lot Kor of that, that medium O vowel, like give it a rest naming people. Like, but Colin, I do like your alternative title. Thor for more Thor. More it's Thor. got that whole rhyming thing going for it. Yeah, yeah. Thor. <laughs> what it called? Thor for more Thor. I like it. But we do get more yeah, of them. Taika had the balls. Right, right, right. Um, but we don't get as much of Thor as we did in, say, Endgame. It's a, a slimmer Thor, let's say. You know? mm, Back physically. Nor more Thor mole. He didn't time. skip leg day. No. That's no, right. no. But uh, yeah, Love and Thunder came out maybe two weeks ago or so, but it is the latest Marvel movie, and we figured uh, we would talk about it. But uh, yeah, I know um, Taika Waititi does a lot of stuff. I think we talked about him briefly, but you guys fans of his work generally, I know that What We Do in the Shadows, new season dropped. He's kind of like an EP on that on Hulu. He did the movie, obviously. Um, I'm a fan of things like Jojo Rabbit. I like Thor Ragnarok, obviously. So, you know, this is is his latest joint, and uh, we'll get into the specifics. But how do you feel about Taika? Um, yeah, for me, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of most of his stuff. Uh, and, you know, I've said on here a few times, I think that Thor Ragnarok is probably my favorite MCU movie. So I was pretty psyched to see this or at least, uh, you know, see it, I guess. Yeah, totally. It's it looks like those, it's going to be similar. But yeah, go ahead. Go yeah. On. But one of those weird things, Jacob, where you can be like, it's a sequel to my favorite Marvel movie, which is the third one of that series or right. the 18th it's one. It's also a reboot row. of that Thor it's, series. It's weirdly. a very it's, interesting direct thing. And we'll, we'll talk all about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is interesting because I don't really care for the first two Thor movies. And I really like the Thor character is not what made me like Ragnarok, but it, they did kind of completely reinvent the franchise or the character uh and i think for the better uh and this is kind of like you know more in that same vibe that ragnarok had yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm with you i like taika jacob i'm sure you'll kind of talk about the taika fatigue uh coming up here in a bit um joe's not here but we'd have to shout out what we do in the shadows you know i love that show mike you said the movie as well mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I watched that pirate thing, too. Um, just to set up my whole thing on this, 
my arc for this pod. I have behind me, Normies, if you watch our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. uh, all ooh, my ooh. Thor comic books, which yeah. are the gore uh, butcher, god butcher arc that these are based on. Um, and you'd think that would really kind of prep me uh, to say a lot about this movie. I don't really have a lot to say about this movie, <laughs> so I'm going to find a bunch of yeah. other angles to talk about. That's my take on it. Got it, got so, it, yeah. got it. Well, well yeah, also- it's kind of that typical uh, MCU thing now where it's like when a new movie comes out, you go see it and they're like, ah, that was fine. And then you don't really have that much to say about it, right? That's I kind noticed of how a I lot felt. of things and I got yeah. excited for the future. That's yeah. the new game. And maybe we'll yeah. talk more about the uh, the Marvel fatigue potentially uh, at the wrap up of this. Because I think a lot of people mm-hmm. in the entertainment viewer space are kind of, there's concerns, let's say, about re- diminishing returns on the the current releases of Marvel yes. and things like that. So um, speaking of diminishing returns, you know, Colin, I see in the notes you were talking about how we did all these finales. It's been a bit of a drought, uh, you know, as far as content. How are you guys surviving uh, the lack of great TV last couple of weeks? Yeah, um, it's been interesting. You know, uh, I'm sure our, our listeners probably thought we were turning into a full time Star Trek podcast. Uh, <laughs> Very close <laughs> episode that we haven't mentioned anything stars. related to star trek but like in that uh zone i've been watching the orville which is still running ah. mm-hmm. and uh so you know we talk a lot about stranger worlds but i think this season of the orville has been very good so i would recommend it uh especially for tng fans it's very well, i think it's the best season they've had of the orville i so haven't far. watched it yet jacob but i think that's all very pertinent to talk about mixing comedy with storylines that might yeah. be something we talk about on this episode yeah very true um, very right. true and i i am feeling the fatigue of uh content there's a lot of dumb stuff that's popping up that i could plug it in with but coming off of those highs of the boys and stranger things and star trek like we've been talking about and now the fact that like when I look at movie theaters, there's not really anything to get me excited to go to. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling the pressure, Mike. I don't know. Yeah. If you've seen Top Gun Maverick. You've seen Jurassic. Ooh, so sorry. It's like, <laughs> what is there to see? Loving it's the summer. Where's the summer blockbusters, you know? Maybe they'll be coming. But uh, yeah, I, I feel the kind of same fatigue. I mean, I did watch the South Park special on Paramount. That was fun. Um, if you listen to our show, you know, we call Paramount PP+. And they directly steal that joke. That's all I'll say. Oh, uh, there's a streaming oh, service is, called yes. PP Plus. So Matt and Trey, you're welcome, Matt and Trey. We'll wait. We'll wait we'll for a check. You. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess, um, yeah, let's just kind of jump into it, you know, because we got to figure out, you know, with Taika and Thor and what they're up to, and this guy Christian Bale Gore, you know, he got me mm-hmm. wondering what he do in the shadows. So let's go ahead and talk uh, Love and Thunder right after this. We're back. We are riding on the Bifrost because we are talking Thor, Love and Thunder for Thor, more Thor, here hmm. on Armies Like Us, uh, with the God of Thunder himself, uh, Thor. That's right. Um, yes. Hello. Hello, Thor. <laughs> yes. Thor, please, please tell us uh, a little about this movie, about the plot of it. 
Uh, I, I have to run, but I will have Mike uh, do it. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Oh, bye, sir. All right. Um, so, Love and Thunder, right? We open with uh, Christian Bale's gore. He's got a dying daughter. He's wandering the desert, praying to his God for his daughter to be saved. She unfortunately, uh, spoilers, by the way, for the whole movie, she dies. He continues to pray to his God. He ends up in an oasis. He meets his God face to face. The God is very arrogant. Basically says, screw you, puny humans. We don't care about you. There just so happens to be a God-killing sword that in the, his moment of need, as the God is about to kill Christian Bale for denouncing him, uh, the sword flies into his hand, similar to Mjolnir. A lot of weapons that fly into people's hands in this. <laughs> Two sides of the same yes. coin, maybe. One of shadow, one of light. Anyway, he kills his God and then uh, goes on a revenge spree of uh, all gods must die. Uh, very much the boys. Let's get these supers. They don't care about Hell us. Yeah. It's all bullshit. So No gods, no masters. No gods, Hell no yeah. masters. It's fairly marked right um because all the rich people aren't sharing with the people who need it so yeah eat the rich gods must die they have eat gold the blood so yes. anyway if it, uh at the same time we have uh we we see that thor is kind of listless he's missing his purpose he's just kind of jumping into whatever battles he can the god killing pulls him into the fray oh i'll go help with this god killer guy and then we learn that uh Jane Forster or Foster? Foster. Foster. Jane Foster. Jane was, Fonda. Uh, sick with cancer. <laughs> Jody Foster. Yeah. She's a human who calls upon the gods or maybe Mjolnir to help her with, you know, he has a cancer diagnosis. It's stage four, quite serious. And she travels to New Isengard and somehow the uh, Mjolnir accepts her as worthy. And she is now uh, the mighty Thor. And we go on an adventure right. to stop uh, the god butcher. Uh, with Thor and uh, the mighty Thor, Valkyrie, Quirk, Valkyrie, and the whole crew. The whole Thor A journey crew. of self-discovery and meaning. Yeah, or and, if you're watching yeah. the trailers where he also says, I'm putting a team together. The Guardians will be here too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're in the first five lies. minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he starts <laughs> he out with the them and doesn't cameo. last long. Yeah. No. Um, so that's, that's the it. plot. We'll <laughs> dive in. We'll get our favorite you know, moments, talk about things we like, things we didn't like. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't want to just going off of it, sort of set up to throw to you, Jacob, to say, in the top of this podcast, we said twice, Taika fatigue, Marvel fatigue. Taika fatigue. They came up together. So yes. is this the perfect storm of this coming together? I think it really is. And I mean, if you've been on the internet, you know, you know that this, this movie's kind of got a uh, mixed reception, to say the least, on the internet. Yeah. Uh, and people are kind of singling this out as maybe uh, not as good as even, you know, some of the early phase uh, MCU movies particularly. But, uh, yeah, I think it is a combination of those things. Like, you know, I was actually talking to Joe off pod the other day about this whole phase. What is it? Phase five? Phase We're four? We're in four right now. Four. I this guess. is for the end phase of phase four. three was end game. Yeah. Yeah. Phase I'm Thor. We're in phase four. At the end of this. We're yeah. at phase four. Yeah. And, and Joe said do you realize that phase four, there's been more hours of content in phase four than all of the other ones combined. Cause if you add oh, all the shows oh, that hurts. and the movies, <laughs> it's insane to think about. Uh, so yeah, I yeah. Think there is a Marvel fatigue and with Taika, he's, he's getting a little too, like he's kind of everywhere now. And he was kind of a, a quirky indie guy coming up and people love <clears> that, <throat> right? Jojo rabbit. People love that. Yep. Yep. Uh, now he's becoming so ubiquitous with him being in Marvel. Now he's going to do a star Wars movie. He's getting sort of overexposed. And I think that's kind of leading to inevitably a backlash. So I think we're getting the Taika backlash and the Marvel backlash 
altogether, right? Is this a, a Benioff and Weiss thing too? Anytime somebody starts looking at a Star, Star Wars, Wars movie, Wars everything curse. else starts yeah. sucking. Jacob, Ryan Johnson. Jacob's been talking about this. Curse. Benioff and Weiss, uh, both were popular before their Star Wars thing, right? And then, you know, it's karma, I guess. So I don't know, Tycho, watch out. Uh, Ryan yeah. Johnson. Mm, yeah. At least he got to make his. One. Yeah, but his trilogy is still, you know, yeah, who knows where that is. Who yeah. knows? And then, yeah, Benioff and Weiss and now Taika. So just don't accept these Star Wars jobs because it's just bad karma. <laughs> it's like the Madden yeah. cover. So, just don't be on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. you get killed. Yeah. So that's the reaction. That's the world. That's the setup. So I'll throw to you guys now for your opinions. Mike, was that your reaction? Now, Jacob and I saw this film together. We got, we talked about it in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. I know your feelings. But Mike, right. you watched this today, and uh, yeah. Yeah, we have no idea word. I am what like you feel about super this. Yeah. yeah, I watched it today. I made time before we we were going to record to go and watch it. It wasn't first of all with the fatigue note. I had to really drag myself kicking and screaming to this um, to, to actually yeah. watch it on time. But I, I did want to watch it out of curiosity for the state of media. We're kind of interested in that lately, and I think broadly, it's not terrible. It has some moments that are good, um, and there's some stuff that I wish was expanded upon. Um, it, it's it's better than Multiverse of Madness, and it's worse yeah. than Ant-Man 1. Hmm. Amazing. In, I in think the opinion. multiverse question is going to be the litmus test going mm. forward, so <laughs> I don't know. But, but Jacob, um, I have gotten other people's thoughts on it, where I have gone to you as like, you know, uh, but we saw it together. We kind of had similar reactions. And your feelings have kind of changed a little, right? Can you well, kind of let us sit on that? The more I, mean, I, I mostly agree with uh, yeah. with Mike. I mean, I pretty much agree with that assessment. Like, it was fine. I enjoyed it while I was watching it, but it's ultimately pretty forgettable. But I think it's a standard MCU fare these days. Uh, but I kind of try to evaluate when I see a movie. I use, like, the Roger Ebert rule of, like, whatever this movie is trying to co- accomplish, how well does it accomplish that? And that's kind of how I rate it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not an amazing movie, but it's it's an enjoyable Marvel blockbuster. And there's things that I wish could have done better. There's things I like. So it's kind of hit, hit or miss. Uh, but overall, I would say pretty good. It's fine. It's whatever. And Colin, where do you land on this? Uh... I'm harmless. I'm harmless about it. I truly, when people are like, do you like Thor? I'm like, I like looking at it. I like looking at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, you get to look at a lot of him in this one, too. Yes. You get your, as Taika said, you get your full Hemsworth with this movie. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, and I think that's worth mm-hmm. the price of to. admission. Um, I, you know, I agree with Jacob. Look at the film for the context of itself, mm-hmm. grade it to itself, or if you have to, I guess, weigh it to these big conventions of, but it's the 36th one in a 70,000 thing multi-film series. Cross-media no, property at this point. It's not even a yeah. movie set franchise. Yeah. It's a cross-media no. property. It's TV show. And when you hear yeah. about stuff where like literally the director, Taika, can say, hey, that guy who appears at the end. I didn't cast him. I don't know anything about all that stuff. You you really do kind yeah. of have to shift your mind of like, am I seeing the work of an artist? Is this is this what cinema or film should be? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, I get the whole vibe around this is that like everyone connected with making this movie was kind of half-assing it and not really putting in 100%. Like I feel like with Thor Ragnarok, that was Taika really trying to make a good 
movie. With this one, it's like, I feel like they just went back to him and was like, hey, how much money do we have to pay you to like make another Thor movie? Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll do it. But not really having the passion that he had with Ragnarok. And I think that shows. He has more writing control as well. So it's like more of his thing with less of the effort, maybe. Yeah. And the fact that it was shot during COVID. They're Mm -hmm. in Australia. Kevin Feige was not on set. So it was one of this rare one where there is not a lot of oversight. Mm. I, I... To what Jacob just said of the passion, what you're finding in this, though, I think it's just a misdirected energy because you read the interviews with these people. Chris Hemsworth, Christian Bale, and Taika all seem to be, and Natalie Portman, all seem to be on the same page of, we made a really dumb kids movie for our kids who love this dumb shit. Mm, Yeah, I agree. This is definitely, um, you know, more marketed towards a younger audience, which I think is totally fine i mean that's what marvel comics are really for at the end of the day right uh there's things that i wish could have been better there's things that i feel like like you were saying like things maybe were cut out that uh to to improve the you know the pacing or for whatever reason that it feels sort of like maybe it could have got like an extra 20 minutes or so to kind of pad out certain elements and make it make it a better movie these are the it's one of the shorter of the mcu movies too i guess um and yeah. having, having just watched it today, it's. It, it, I mean, I've read this briefly. I didn't want to get into spoilers, but I've seen people talking about how tonally it's a little bit all over the place. Yeah. Um, and I agree with that. And so I want to ask you guys, my favorite thing that I think is the most underused thing is Christian Bale's gore, the God yes. Butcher. I think that is such a cool idea. But most of the God killing is off screen. He has one yeah. very scary scene that we can talk about, which is he like, what is this movie? Scene. <laughs> yeah, where you're right. like, yeah. Where you can imagine Tyka being like, okay, 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 Christian, you can't actually kill those kids. Like, <laughs> yeah. you need to right. relax. Well, that's the yeah. thing is you say we'll it's, give you a it's, puppet. it is geared more towards kids with the lighter hearted scenes. But then you're dealing with stage four cancer. You're dealing with a, uh, with a guy that's abducting children and like who lost his daughter in the first. First but 35 when I seconds. was a kid, yeah. Dorothy would return to Oz and she would get chased by a headless woman after being admitted to a mental asylum. And that is what a child's movie was, Jacob. Yeah, we so, had the Labyrinth. I, I refuse that. Right. Labyrinth was a babysitter escaping <laughs> sexual assault the entire movie while a bunch it's of crazy. goblins sang You kind of need that her. nightmare fuel when you're a kid. Yeah, there's a chance that a, a child will That's be sacrificed. That's what this is. It's right. a crazy but, Jim Henson movie. Yeah. Mm. But I agree with you, Mike, that Christian Bale was killing it in this movie. And he was my favorite thing about it. Uh, and I wish he was kind of on screen more. And even his like origin story, I felt very rushed to me. It's like he had one interaction with his God and then started to decide, you know, decided to kill all gods. Right. And I guess we, you know, we talked about Elden Ring. There's like a, a whole faction called the Godskins, and they wear yeah. white robes and their whole thing is they want to murder gods. So I get really strong Elden Ring vibes. Like visually, it's really cool. And he's in the shadows. That's why I said what he do in the shadows. And it's he lives. I want to say Thor, the dark world. Like we kind of go there again. Like it's literally a dark world with no yeah. light and no the color. Right? I will yeah. pay you guys a million dollars if you can name the dark elf villain that Christopher Eccleston plays. Oh, in Malekith. Oh, yeah. Malekith. <laughs> Which is an Elden Jacob, Ring reference. Jacob really looked. He really had to think about it. Mike, I am shocked. That it's only right. because of Elden Ring. There's another That's monster amazing. called Malekith. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which they're pulling on a lot of Norse mythology which yes that would yeah. not be at the top of my brain if that game did not come out but uh, i yeah, think he's really underused and there's scenes where he's supposedly cutting his tattoos 
off of his skin that were of his god. And that's why he has, well, I don't know how I got these scars. He has a little bit of Joker energy when he rips the head off that weasel, yeah. is what I'm saying. Well, when you get Christian Bale, he doesn't just do anything. You know, he likes to do something that has like kind of a meaty part, right? So it's interesting mm-hmm. that his first MCU, obviously, who is Batman for the Christopher Nolan movies. Or superhero, yeah. First, yeah. But his first uh, Marvel is this. And I feel like the, the way they pitched it to him was like, this is going to be like a really complex villain character that you can kind of sink your teeth into. And I think it's kind of a shame that it, he wasn't a little more fleshed out because anytime he's on the screen, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, agreed. I would say expectation wise too, Jacob, if that cocktail we said before of the burnout on the director and this universe are just sort of this little vortex over here, the other added tornado coming in is literally today when we're recording this, the 14th anniversary of The Dark Knight. Oh, my God. So you still have these people who are like, you know, that there was a superhero movie that changed cinema. And this guy, Heath Ledger, came, he changed everything. Now, can you imagine if the good guy in that movie got to play a Joker-esque <laughs> villain? Mm-hmm. The, what, Gore the God Butcher is going to blow our minds. And just you, like watching it, you knew he wasn't going to. It's it's, it's, it's a Marvel movie. It's For like, kids. You know that it's, and what could happen that where you're like... Oh, he put a pencil in a guy's head. No, right. No, not going to happen. Yeah. No, I didn't think he was uh, going to do anything too crazy. No. But I think Marvel's whole thing for a lot of their movies is they try to have a sympathetic villain or you understand at least the reasoning for why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like with Thanos, uh, Thanos the Black Panther villain, uh, Killmonger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's kind of what they try to excel at. And um, so I did like that first scene where, you know, I just wish it was kind of a more a longer kind of transition and or, or like you said, we see him killing more gods and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause it's just like, Oh, these gods are getting killed off screen. Thor, you better come help. Like it's literally, it's yeah, like, show it's really us dumb. him doing stuff. Like you see Sif, right. And she's like, yeah, they're killing yeah. gods over here. But the end mm-hmm. of that sequence should have been Gore appears in omnipotent city and you mm-hmm. just see him destroy everyone. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know how he can stand toe-to-toe with two Thors in the final act and a Valkyrie with a lightning bolt because I haven't seen him do anything or defeat anybody powerful. Like, they show that no, that big he, giant was dead, but I don't know how he did that, right? No, you they need keep to going to the it. shadow realm, they keep saying. He's in the shadow Yeah, realm. the dark world. That's what I'm calling it. Fuck that. It's the dark world. <laughs> Um, But yeah, so I think that's a waste of it again. It's a children's movie. And then what doesn't work for me is kind of the more kid focused stuff like we can all be Thor, let's say. So, okay, that's a big moment. Let's talk about that one in a minute. But Mm. let me I want to say the other big tonal shift then, Mike, because Gore was obviously the big focus for a lot of people. And then I think the other thing that stood out to everyone was that sync scene with Jane Foster and the Mm -hmm. cancer stuff being so put forward and just immediately slapping back into the Thor of it all. Did that yeah. run you guys wrong? Mm, a bit, yeah, because it's like, it feels like a different movie. Like one second you're quipping, you know, a million quips a second, and then all of a sudden it's like serious cancer time now. Hey. And then it's like right back to, you know, screaming AI goats and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But again, with along with the Christian Bale thing, I think that's how they kind of pitched Natalie Portman to come back. They're like, you're going to have this like really dramatic cancer subplot. So meaty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... I mean, 
Yeah. What do you think? It's like immediately she's like kind of she's going through it and then she's grieving and then in front of the mirror and she breaks the sink and stuff. Right. There's like that whole bit. And then immediately it's just joking with Valkyrie. Like, yeah. And Marvel does that a lot. It's one of the criticisms of their style is they'll undercut a very serious, dramatic moment with comedy like like in Ragnarok when uh, Bruce Banner falls onto the rainbow bridge right after an incredibly emotional moment for Thor and them. And then it's like, oh, let's just take the wind out of this. And that, that's just something that they kind of do sometimes, unfortunately. Right. Which doesn't help you when you are pitching characters that you're going to have something meaty. And then it's like, really not. This, this one doesn't bug me. I've heard it. I totally get it. I'd love to watch it again to really see if the comedy hits too forward. I like the scene that she has that quiet moment before she picks that hammer back up and it's back to full 80s, you know, awesome action movie. Mm-hmm. Because if you have ever been super sick or face death or people who are terminal, yeah. you do try to put on that face of when you're around everyone, everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine. And then when you're alone, it's like, I'm going to die. I'm the only one who's going to. All right. my friends are going to keep living. This isn't fair. This is scary. I can't be alone with these thoughts. Back to Thor, baby. Yeah. Right. And I think think what's interesting with um, that subplot, um, like, you know, the hammer is not healing her, right? She's still dying. It's just making her feel like, okay, when she's Thor. But when she's not, you know, holding the the hammer or whatever, she's still dying of cancer. It's It's like, you know, it's making her function. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, It's just extending her life. Really. It's not actually curing the cancer at all. No, no. Just allowing her to continue living. And um, sometimes it's like that literally what are the things that you hold on to, to keep going. And then there's also a parallel. I would think maybe this is giving this movie too much credit, but like with where Thor is, because he's putting on a face all the time too. This ends now. I am cool, but really I have a void inside of me and I cannot fill it with anything and I don't know why I'm going on I don't have a purpose I'm not trying to be the king of Asgard I'm not trying to do anything I'm just hanging out what is my purpose what am I here for I totally agree with you Mike and I think that's an angle they really could have examined more in this movie because you have Thor so you have of the original Avengers you've got Captain America he's old man now he's Joe Biden Mm -hmm. Uh, you have (laughs) Iron Man he's dead (laughs) Uh, Iron Man dead Black Widow dead yeah uh so all these OG oh, heroes are retiring or dying. Yeah. yeah. And then you have Thor who's, you know, stays ever young and is unchanging. And he's just like, wait, all yeah. my friends are older dying and I'm still doing the Thor thing. Like, what am I doing with my life? And the My brother's gone. My planet's gone. My dad's gone. Everything. He yeah, lost everything. People, everything. And the penultimate message of this film is, and I think it's true, for a lot of people who hit the midlife crisis point is that when you do self-reflection and you sort of look at yourself, you look at your legacy. And what that ultimately equates to people is I should create one. I should have children. And I love the direction that that leaves Thor in. Yeah. But mentally, and we'll talk about it. Yes. It's like an absolute headache in my mind where I'm like, oh, this super being called him Uncle Thor at the end. They're not even like pretending that they're like father and child. Like, I don't like anything about Yeah, this. it's a little fast right. and we'll, we'll talk about it. But there is something interesting to explore with that yes. of like, yeah, what's what's my legacy? Because to him, it's like, I'm the guy who didn't kill Thanos. That's why he doesn't think Stormbringer is great. It's like, oh, that's not no. that accurate. Like, he, he doesn't believe that he's worthy of happiness right and that's what he's working through and to shoot you know the whole message at the end so she yeah. kind it's of so is strange his 
thing. She's Jane is his rock. That's all. Now, literally for Multiverse of Madness, that the through line of that film is Doctor Strange will ask people point blank, are you happy? Because he is self-exploring if he is happy. Mm-hmm. And I agree that this. I don't know. I God, I can't even think it while I'm saying it. I don't know which one I like better. I just ultimately don't think either of these are very good movies. Well, at least yeah, this yeah. movie or whatever. doesn't have the exposition backstory store that they go to in yes. uh, Multiverse of Madness. Right? Or just the idea that I could walk up to another version of me and be like, hey, remember that thing about how I never talked about how our <laughs> sister drowned? All that. I don't need it. But yeah. the, this is also a film about the self-reflection of – Am I happy? But it does not involve Thor outwardly expressing that. It is a very internalized, you know, him looking at other people's happiness to see if he could equate it. Mm-hmm. To Jacob's point, maybe I could use a little more finely tuned moments where he actually is verbalizing that stuff. Maybe maybe we could do like a pass on the screenplay where like all the right. ideas coalesce. That would be awesome. Well, if the yeah. idea is that like, oh, he's using all this lighthearted humor to kind of deflect from like his ongoing existential crisis, mm-hmm. like that would be interesting, but it's too, it almost needs to be more explicit because it's too subtextual yes. now where people yes. are not even going to get that that's what they're going for if no. that is what they're going for. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, like, characters in the movie won't understand that that's what he's doing. <laughs> right. Yeah, this movie doesn't know what it's going for sometimes when you rip a head off a ferret and then start telling jokes. But um, I think with this, there's like, it's funny where you have Peter Quill being like, it's, it's better to love and lost and feel shitty about it or whatever. And then like that comes up on, on the boat. It's kind of our big emotional moment where it's like, I want to feel shitty about you. Like I want to feel right. something, even if it's shitty, because like I care about you or I love you still or whatever. And then you get yeah. Quark talking to Valkyrie about how, Oh yeah, you lost your, your, you know, partner in the battlefield and you can't forgive yourself. And like, so that's where we're diving in. But it's only one scene where we really get yeah. It explicitly kind of underlines and the rest of the time it's just gags. Now I would say, let's talk about the last tone thing then, which is the plot of this movie is to recover a bunch of stolen children who have been taken away from their home. A bunch of Asgard. Asgard. Yeah. Yeah, Another rescue plot. Mike, you mentioned this incredibly crazy moment at the end where Thor, who now is like, has what you would call in the comic books the Odin force, like the God force, but I, I guess they're just not going to say it. Thor can just do anything he wants to at this point. Mm-hmm, he can right. magically talk to Mjolnir like Anthony Hopkins does in the first one and cast a spell on it just by not even trying. Mm-hmm. He can project his power at other children and embolden them to, you know, Come be gods themselves. Thor, he could also like force ghost Thor. himself over there. There's a lot going on, but yeah. yeah. But he can <laughs> oh power God, them up. God. Yeah. He can power them up. I liked this scene. Now, it is ridiculous, of course, because it is a little girl shooting a golden beam outside of her teddy bear to destroy shadow monsters before they get the one wish from eternity. If that's and, not a reference to the boys and the laser baby, <laughs> I'm going to so be mad. True. But people out loud are saying this thing and you yeah. as fans just have to be like, oh my God, this is insane. Mm-hmm. The, the imagery I do like though and that again, one of these things that this movie is about because it's about a lot of things is how do you live up to the responsibilities of a god, which in this is projected to those force ghost scenes, Mike, where mm-hmm. You know, what if God had to literally listen to your prayers? What if he had to be right there and he sort of wasn't powerless, but he had to help us or atone for it or choose to listen or not listen, right? Dang. We get that in this movie. And then at the end, he gets this beautiful moment where, I don't know if you guys saw it. It's a great overhead shot. Mm -hmm. He is the base 
spreading his power out tree, in the way that right? the children are. It's yeah. Yggdrasil. It's the Asgardian tree of life. Oh, Jacob, nice. The Norse mythology. He is the roots spreading the power out to the branches. They are the future. Right. Right. Again, you're like, okay, is that, is that what this movie's about? That seems really cool. Yeah. I've I seen know. the last Jedi. <laughs> Broom kid. Yeah, it's like the last Jedi. Anyone can be a Jedi. Anyone can yes. be Thor. Yeah. Right. It's Merchandise like in stores now. Yeah. You know, Thor is not th- like anyone can be Thor, not the person Thor, but the, the the superhero Thor, I guess, or the god Thor, because as long as you're worthy to meal to wield Mjolnir, which is why Jane Foster becomes Thor. And she's mm-hmm. not she's not like Jane. She's not like Lady Thor. She's just the mighty Thor. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's worthiness comes from the, the strength of your character. And I get the kid thing, but it's just so tonally different than. When we're literally fighting the God Butcher with well, children. I would say it's totally different than when Russell Crowe's talking about orgies. I would say it's oh, not even an in orgy the same conversation in this. Yeah, Taika, what are you, know you doing? What I mean? Like it's goofy and then there's goofy goofy. Like it's yeah. just a different level. Yeah. I, I think it goes off the rails kind of in every direction. Like whether yeah, it's even too dark, go too goofy, like too far. Yeah, too yeah, far. Even too when they Thor. go to the city of the gods and meet Zeus, played by Russell Crowe and everything, like that scene is funny, but I feel like they didn't, they could have done more with the idea of the city of the gods. Uh, even, you know, uh, have Gore attack the city or something. Jacob. Do, all they do is go there for like an hour, like an hour to meet. Maybe because they take the lightning bolt, Gore is unstoppable in there and they fucked up because yeah. they didn't stop him before he got but there. Mike, they never explain why they need that thunderbolt. And here's the thing. <laughs> no. Nope. When they're there and there's Bao, the god of delicious buns and it's stop motion and it's so goofy and it's like literally like, like Taika's like, I'm drawing on the screen. This is how little I care about this. I can just like mm-hmm. animate on the screen. That the tone of that is then so different than the post cred scene, Jacob, where Russell Crowe seems so dark and mysterious and he's giving this monologue and you're like, this isn't anything like the guy I saw do like a dance and flip up his skirt 30 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. That's, um... Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, you have a point that a lot of this movie is just different weapons uh, with different abilities. That can all fly to your hands. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why do they need the lightning bolt? Why can't they use Stormbreaker or Mjolnir or these other weapons? Why can't they, they use Stormbreaker? Uh, the the central thing of this movie, which is that for some reason, uh, Stormbreaker, any any of the devices, I guess. I guess originally it would have been Heimdall. But the Bifrost is the entry point to eternity to mm-hmm. get your one wish. Yes. If Thor knew that, why didn't he do that to fucking uh, Thanos? It's right. a lot easier than a time travel adventure for you to point your stick at the wall and go 30 minutes from now, we're going to be through. And then I just got to go in there and ask this guy a question and like, yeah. it's done. That's and true. then we'll party the till the night. Yeah. It'll magic just yeah. weapons, it. magic, everything. If there's a weapon that kills the gods that Thor knew about, go get that thing and kill fucking <laughs> Thanos. What's the fucking point? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's because um, someone's they're, they're dropping knowledge. The sword has been around forever. So people know about it, you know, like. But maybe Thor didn't know about it because he's not like the most learned person, right? Yeah, but uh, you know, potholes aside. um, The other issue, I think, with this is the lack of consequence. Like, we have the God Butcher. So then Thor kills Zeus to accomplish his goal, making him no better. And then, oh, no, Zeus is alive. But then Jane Foster dies. But then post credit, oh, no, she's alive. And well, she's dead. She's just in Valhalla. Well, yeah. Hold on. 
to Mike's point, I didn't put that together. The weight of Thor's action, he thinks he killed Zeus. He yeah. killed a god in that moment yeah. to achieve his goal. That should, in a screenplay about this, that should not be lost to conversation. No, they treat it as a joke. Sure, we'll probably be chased by all the other gods, but uh, it'll now be fine. I'm liking this movie did less he think than we're <laughs> Yeah. Did he think he killed Zeus, or did he know that like Zeus would be too powerful? He thought to he killed I Zeus, because they're like, I we killed know. Zeus, and Valkyrie says, no, you killed Zeus. And he's like, yeah, they'll probably chase us, but whatever. And they just move on. Right. Like, there's yeah, no like, emotional weight on that. He literally true. killed one <laughs> no, of the best that's, gods. That's, oh, boy. <laughs> uh-huh. So sorry about that. I watched this today. And then he's giving a speech to the kids like, oh, and then I had to kill Zeus. Never meet your heroes. And then they're like, you're my hero. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's oh. now we're kind of reflecting on. It's like you're saying, if you had to actually t- meet your gods and like they had to listen to your prayers. Right. But they're not doing it the right way with the weight of no. his action. Yeah, he literally so. does the same thing that Gore does at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> comment on that. Yeah. In your script, but they don't. So the lack of consequence no. is frustrating in, in this movie um, for yeah. everyone involved. Korg, you think Korg dies? He's, he's fine. He's, they yeah. just need his face. Yeah. They Going Chewbacca us like four times. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of mm-hmm. course, that popular phrase you call uh, killing someone and them, them surviving them back. the transport ship, Chewbacca. Yep. You get you Chewbacca um, them. It's like fridging someone. And you do get a couple Chewbacca's because obviously going into this, you kind of thought Valkyrie will die, you know, Tessa Thompson, they're not going to They twist us on that contracts. too. What does that matter? Natalie Portman, you were kind of like, oh, there's just not even a chance. There were rumors that she'd get her own TV show, but it's like, no, what are you talking about? Yeah. She doesn't want to do that right now. Natalie no. Portman, Academy Award winner, is going to do a Disney Plus four episode Mighty Thor show. Right. No, no, no. no. I guess Seeing how good Kenobi went, she's like, I'm done. I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I do think it's funny how uh, Taika Waititi, just side note, was like, hey, Natalie Portman, you want to be in a Star Wars movie? You ever been in a Star Wars movie? I did read that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've like, yeah, a lot of them, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever a seen. popular character. Have you ever seen those memes? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Right. Just, anyway. Yeah, something's going on. Something's going on with this guy. He's just not paying attention to stuff. Well, he, yeah. Like I said, he maybe, maybe there's Marvel guy oh, to the Hollywood it guy that, like James Gunn, is kind of seen as like, oh, he can come in and save our franchise uh, with Thor Ragnarok and stuff. So, of course, Star Wars is like, oh, what's hot right now? Taika Watiti? All right, our next movie is going to be directed by him. Does he have but, any ideas? Maybe. The yeah. salvage, Jacob, was that the John Watts of the world, um, the Russo brothers, mm-hmm. the, the God help us, any of these other assholes who have directed these Marvel movies, you looked at them and you went, Taika Waititi and James Gunn not only seem very in control of what they're doing, they're yeah. writing, one of them co-starring in the movie inexplicably, mm-hmm. that they are also using that cachet to get a blank check to go out and literally make a passion project. You got a Jojo Rabbit. You get all these, you know, TV yep, shows right. about vampires and, and pirates and all this stuff. James Gunn on the other side loves superheroes. That blank check to him, it just keeps going into that pipeline and it keeps kind of just building up. Yep. John Watts directing a Star Wars is not him going like, finally I get to make the thing I've always wanted. With Taika you like you really thought this was a guy who was really in control of his destiny and now i'm like no you're just the big commercial guy yeah and i think star wars just does that a lot where they say like oh what's hot right now oh 
who should we get to our director, our third movie in this trilogy? Oh, this guy has this movie called Jurassic World. Let's get Colin Trevorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be huge. They just, yeah. They pull these names. And, the, and Marvel and, and Star Wars Disney, they both do this where they take like indie people where they see like, oh, they have potential to, you know, start moving to blockbusters. But it's just a shame that every kind of indie director now kind of has to take these jobs or doesn't have to, but kind of feels compelled to take these blockbuster jobs where I'm sure they're getting paid a lot. But it doesn't seem like Taika Waititi is really that passionate about stars. I mean, I don't know for sure, but if you didn't even know that Natalie Portman was in the Star Wars movies, that's yeah, like not a great the, sign. The mother of Luke Skywalker and Leia, like what? Right. <laughs> You're already in them. Oh, I've never actually seen one. <laughs> I've never you seen the sequels. Yeah. 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 So, um, Sam Neill is, let me write it right now. So Sam Neill is oh, a Jedi. <laughs> He's yeah. raising a dumb young Jedi who's, you know, probably, I don't know, a young rapscallion, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's just the wilder people. The wilder, right. yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, it's like, yeah. Go ahead. I feel like Hollywood doing the uh, getting the indie directors and throwing them on a big feature too, though. It's like getting a quarterback out of college. You got them on a rookie contract. They don't know what the big show is like. They're easier to control and guide to just basically do your corporate movie because they're just excited to be there and have the opportunity. Right. Which that That's also true. can affect they things. One good but now year, I think Taika they get injured. Is, yeah. yeah. He's kind of surpassing that role where it's like, and then they make do it you Super really Bowl. want to spend the next like four years of your life making this Star Wars movie that you have like no idea what you want it to be about or anything yet? Or do you want to like make your own, like do you want to make another Jojo Rabbit type movie or something like that? But Jacob, I pull it back further and I'm like, do you want to co-star in Free Guy 2? <laughs> Like with any choice that you're making, the pirate stuff where he's with like his best friends, you know, the yeah. the, the Kiwi crew, Reese Darby, Jermaine yeah. Clement, mm-hmm. Kenzie, any Concords of those guys, stuff, yeah. basically the Concords guys, right? Yep. That's where I'm like star in that shit, produce it. You're writing it. You're creative. You're getting Australian comedians jobs like as co-stars on that yeah. show. You're making something like very out, very proud, you know, right? awesome. And these other big Hollywood choices where it's like, oh, yeah. And what if I'm like the fourth voice character in Lightyear? We're like, right. why? What, mm-hmm. what is that? What do, what do you want to do with that for? Right. Yeah. And with with Our Flag Means Death, that's another thing is that he was shooting scenes as Blackbeard starring that show on his off days from making this. So they're shooting, you know, kind of almost concurrently. Oh man. So he's really just his attention is really divided. split. All right. Well, let's, let's bring our attention back to the kind of, let's say the climax of this movie. Cause that's another thing I have a big issue with is Mm. how quickly it turns, you know, basically they kind of lose to Gore and he makes, he opens the portal to attorney or whatever. And he goes through, he crawls very slowly. They probably could have murdered him, but they let him crawl slowly (laughs) through while they talk. And then he gets in there to make his wish. And all it takes is a speech from Thor to say, I implore you to reconsider, you know? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) The portal opening closing explosion has become so critiqued for Marvel Mm -hmm. that they now get really insular with, but oh, the finale is a conversation between our lead and co-lead where the hero right. explains why they're better. You just mm-hmm. like, I, I feel saw like you do it with Shang-Chi. I saw yeah. you do it with fucking Dr. Strange back in the day. The first yeah. time they probably Obama. And it's, I feel like it started with uh, Guardians where he's like, you're not going to believe this. He fucking does a dance battle and beats the main villain. Hilarious. In a dance yeah. And then ever since then, they've been trying to one up that basically. Yeah. This is literally the just like, and, and again, it, there's a, 
a character reason for Thor to be like, oh, I'm choosing love, you know, not evil or revenge. And it's like, don't turn your back on me. And he's like, if you're going to make your wish and we're all fucked, then I'm just going to hang out with Jane because that's how I want to spend my last minutes. Yes. And then that's enough to convince Gore, who's gone on a crusade of murder, to be like, you're right. And then also, I'm going to bring my daughter back to life instead. But will you please be her dad? Because I'm going to die. I can't. I cannot figure out how to logistically. All of these parties this agree to this. <laughs> Where like I say, bring my daughter back and me. That's impossible. Like I've got to just right. cut that part of the syntax and, off yeah. of the way. When he's talking about choose love and stuff, I didn't even realize until the very end that the so, girl's name was supposed hold to be on. love. So <laughs> well, that's yeah. We get the yeah. whole we get the whole thing. She comes back. We get this. Everything's left behind. Thor on another world. He's taking care of this girl. He's raising her, and we get this return of Korg telling the story from the beginning. And Jacob, if this isn't a goddamn twist. If this mm-hmm. isn't one of the best goddamn twists I've ever right. seen in the movie, where he explains to you that the title for the reason that you've been watching this entire movie mm-hmm. is that their names are <laughs> Love and Thunder. Yeah. And it's just like, my, I think my jaw dropped in the theater. I was pretty shocked that, like, we're going to do this entire thing for basically like a wordplay. Like a pun. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll give it you must have even that worse. written before anything else, basically. Uh, oh, God. Spell it out worse for you. He hangers it on both ends, or he bookends it with, the dad bod god squad rhyme that he yeah, has, right. says this god is now a dad with a bod or something like that. Yeah, he's yeah. Only, but he's just he a just, uncle. He just, <laughs> a it, oh my god, you're so, that's so stupid then that he even writes it like that. If he ends with her calling him Uncle Thor, that's so weird. Right. By the way, Mike, if you didn't know, that girl is Chris Hemsworth's daughter. Oh, so oh, yeah. th- this all makes it's a lot more sense now. That yeah. final scene, I think that's the second best scene of the movie after all the Guardian stuff. And I think those are yeah. the two reasons to see the movie. And I think they're a nice little sandwich. I think it's cool that like she's got Stormbringer and he's got Mjolnir now. Oh. And it's it's it is cute. And it's like a weird not weird, but it's an interesting way to see his arc of like uh you know, dad bod Thor, and then he gets it back together and, you know, now right. meets Jane well, and like now he's said, a surrogate father. Yeah, he's lost a lot of people in his life. His dad, his brother, now his girlfriend, that they were just being reunited, basically. And so I guess he gets a daughter, not even a daughter, but a niece, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Family. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, uh, when she when it's revealed at the end that she has the powers of of eternity and shoots lasers out of her eyes, I was like, this is completely insane. Right. Mm-hmm. But I bet Chris Hensworth loved the idea of having this girl character. He's like, hey, let's get my daughter in loved here. It. Great. Who yeah. do you think was probably pitching it the whole time? Like, wouldn't it be great? Right. Right. Oh, man. But so that is what we end up getting then. That's where we leave off with Thor till, till the post creds. And then that's yes. Russell Crowe now not being goofy and vowing revenge. <laughs> Everyone will fear us, which seems to just double down on uh, hashtag Gore was right. <laughs> like the gods yeah. must die. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe even switching from a silly Italian accent to like a Greek accent for some reason at the end, like maybe actually trying to do a good performance as the character. Zeus. Someone told me there was a, I was watching Mr. Sunday movies and they mentioned that it's like an Australian thing. Like he's doing a bit 
from the 80s that only Australians are going right. to get. That's why he's so weird in that earlier scene. Uh, it's like a commercial uh, or com- comedic I do kind of like how he's playing Zeus as just like an old Greek pervert. That's like, yeah, oh, baby absolutely. Chill. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It says so much about colonialism. It's so weird that these are these last two films are uh, made by a New Zealander, shot mm. in Australia, starring an Australian, of course, doing a British accent. Um, right. Kate Blanchett was Australian. Uh, yes, um, our favorite <laughs> butcher uh, is in the second cool. one. He he plays a he's a Kiwi, obviously naturally. Oh yeah, oh, he yeah. plays the executioner as sort of a, a tough Brit or, or kind mm-hmm. of the same voice as Butcher, right? Yeah, it's weird yeah. accents going on in Asgard. <laughs> yeah, Asgard's a lot of uh, British colonies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it apparently. really is. But Colin, you know that last cutscene you're asking in theater, oh. They show Hercules, right? That's the big reveal. You're like, who's playing Hercules? I looked it up. It's that guy from Ted Lasso. I don't know if you've seen Ted Lasso, but there's a guy in it that's become kind of a meme because he looks like a CGI character in the show. Like something about his face <laughs> and the way he's lit. Is he like Greek? He's like Uncanny Valley, but he's a real person. I don't know. Uh, he's not Greek. He's British, I think. Uh, okay. So we're just like, we're just casting from white Ted British Lasso. guys for Greek characters still in 2022. Yeah. That's incredible, Kevin Feige. Roy Kent. You do you, Apparently he looks Roy Uncanny Kent, Valley. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's the character's name. Sick Kent. Um, but yeah. There's, it's incredible. You got to look this We're guy up. We're just putting on like the hottest TV stars are just going to play the Z level characters at this point. Hercules, not a character I care about at all, has his fans of, believe this or not, one of Marvel's most prominent bi characters. Mm-hmm. Go for it, Hercules, you rule. Uh, they're not going to do any of that. <laughs> there's not. No. There's not a fucking chance. Again, this is why I don't know what is happening with Phase Four. What is it leading to? What is all? What's the point? They don't really know yet. <laughs> okay. I was talking to Joe again about this as well. So, yeah. But this is my last final point. What I said up top when I said I had a few things I wanted to critique. Mm-hmm. This is it. It is the fan reaction to this film essentially boiling down to I saw somebody in this is my rate the Reddit segment. In mm-hmm. the Marvel Studios subreddit that said, well, I would just enjoy these films a lot more if Kevin Feige told me what the point of all these ones were and what they were building towards. Mm-hmm. Guys, that is not how movies used to work. That no. is how episodes how of works. television used to work. That is yeah. how the MCU works. That is not how these movies work. And I do not find this to be good or healthy. That is an attitude that terrifies me. I don't know about you guys. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is the point of these? Well, it, you know, we know the Moon point. Moon Knight slash Hawkeye slash Thor four don't all reference this one thing. What was the point of it all? Right, but you're what? talking about comic book nerds who love to like obsess over continuity between yeah. issues, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a inherited trait from the comic origins of these movies that they would be like that. But this is, this is learned behavior. This is yeah. because of Marvel. This mm-hmm. is the cinematic universe disease. Yeah. I and mean, it rolls into now cross media property disease where it's TV movies, potentially comics that may or may not be canon tomorrow. Right. You know, it's like all this stuff tying in. So yeah, where are we going? I don't know. No, we're, no, we're, great i guess this is definitely my least favorite viking movie i've seen this year you know? <laughs> i don't know right. that either i don't know <laughs> okay well uh well, it definitely seems like 
you know, the more content they put out, the less the quality, the more the quality kind of slips. Like they used to have like really good quality control with Kevin Feige kind of overlooking everything and be like, okay, we're doing this and this and this. Um, now it's kind of more lapsed. And with all these Disney shows, they're like, uh, let's make 10 they're episodes. spread too thin. Yeah. It's, Definitely. you guys are getting so tricked by the, the content numbers just because it's so large. You guys are forgetting. We literally watched three Spider-Man walk out of a portal and cried in the same year. <laughs> yeah, that was and great. all agreed that it was like one of the greatest things anyone has ever achieved. Right. I don't know how you can say that in the same breath of, I just don't understand where this is all going. Well, Maybe the, yeah, yeah. A Marvel thing for me is I go see the movie in the theater. I enjoy it. You know, after it's over, I'm like, oh, that was pretty good. And then as the days or weeks pass from that, I'm like, wait, was that very good? <laughs> or was, that, was I just like briefly entertained? Were there a lot right. of beautiful people in it? Yeah. Well, maybe I'm just like Thorne that I can tell um, Gore not to kill gods and then I'll turn around and kill one myself. But nobody can hold me accountable <laughs> for it. Okay. Because I'm different, but uh, maybe that's as good time as any to throw this lightning bolt over to the final thoughts, and we'll kind of wrap up uh, uh, Thor chill and slumber uh, right after this. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. We're talking Thor boring slumber. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> how dare you guys say that? No, we love it. We're talking uh, Thor 4, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, mm-hmm. Here on Normies Like Us, the latest Marvel film entry. Now, we're going to talk our final thoughts. Um, Mike originally wasn't sure that you were going to be on this episode because mm-hmm. you were get, getting down to the finish line watching really this movie. Um, and I was going to pitch that Jacob and I do a segment called Letterboxing where we talk about our little letterbox accounts and sort of talk about where we've ranked. But instead, I just want to throw it over to Jacob and say, in this grand scheme of context mm. of Marvel films, have you placed Thor Love and Thunder in your ranking timeline at all? Oh, you know what? I think I may have added that to the list. Interesting. I, well, as you pull that up, I mean, like yeah. I had mentioned that I put it, you know, below Ant-Man 1, but I'm, a, I'm an Ant-Man enjoyer. But above Multiverse of Madness. That. But that's pretty yes. much mids, like dead mids. Like it's it's right. fine. The other ones of this ridiculous phase, Mike, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, how are they stacking? Uh, I, I put it a little bit mm, it's below impossible. Shang-Chi. It's hard. It's hard because they're like the same movie, dude. <laughs> like yeah, they really are just the same Well, that's the thing. There's thing. A, I have you know, a list on letterbox of all the Marvel and there's a big segment. That's just the middle where they're kind of like, I don't know if this one's better than this one, but they're all kind of just in the three middle. star, three star, three star. Yeah. And then if I go three and a half on one, I truly go like, well, but is this one really better than Shang-Chi or is it like, you know, like right. you just get into the minutia of it. Now, Jacob, before you read off, I just want to know where your placement is of this one specifically. I want to ask, yeah. are you fully caught up of, in is the last entry you have on there, Miss Marvel, which would be the most current, quote unquote, full no, Marvel list. I haven't mm. started Miss Marvel yet. I hear good things, though, from Joe again. Uh, he's he's 
and he's been very down on, uh, you know, some of these phase the five Marvel things. world. Yeah. 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 So, um, getting, getting praise from Joe, that's pretty good right now for Marvel. So I might have to check that out. Uh, and obviously a big thing happened in that, which I don't want to spoil right now. Yes. Um, mm, interesting. So if you did have it on there, I would say it's 36 total entries, but out of what you have, yeah. where is Thor love and thunder? I have 32 now? entries. So I must be, I don't know. I'm missing. Do you have what if on there? Do you have moon Knight and do you have miss Marvel? I have Moon Knight, but I don't have What If. Uh, I don't have Ant Man Two because I never watched that one. It's only I don't one have Ant Man. <laughs> wow, that one, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thor is better I than. I feel like we should do a Ant Man Two episode. Ant-Man the wow. Well, we're gonna get <laughs> yeah. Quantumania eventually. Yeah, it's coming up. It's uh, maybe the next feature. Right? This is definitely better than Ant Man Two. Ant Man Two. Yeah. Ant Man and the Wasp. The thing is with this list, I do rearrange them from time to time. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I tinker. Reevaluate. Yeah, I tinker a lot. Right now, all of these phase, phase five or phase four? I keep forgetting. Phase four. four. Phase four. Okay. Stage four. Uh, stage Thor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is stage four. No. <laughs> stage wow, four. That's terminal, terminal, terminal baby. I'm sorry. That's yeah. much like this movie. It's incredibly dark at times, but also incredibly clever. So <laughs> Right. Wow. Um, of all these stage four movies, I have No Way Home, the, ho- the highest rated right now, 13. I have Shang- Shang-Chi at 17. Uh, multiverse at 18 then Ant-Man at 19 I would probably put uh, Thor between Shang-Chi and multiverse at 18 now so that's like dead in the middle almost dead <laughs> middle 18, which is where I have Spider-Man Far From Home which is kind of on the lower side for me I have a lot of the TV yeah. higher and Jacob you've said stuff like Loki Hawkeye you've put more towards the bottom hmm. Loki and Hawkeye are my two highest rated oh those uh, are your two highest or Loki, WandaVision, then Hawkeye. Like for, for Falcon TV and Winter Soldier sure. was quite low, I think, on your... Oh, yes, yeah. Right. Mine, that's almost at the bottom for me. Yeah. My, now, my least favorite and favorite are both Thor, with Ragnarok being my number one, Thor the Dark World being number 33. Right so he's oh top, God. bottom, middle. You got a Thor Sandy going on Damn. in this thing. <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel about the whole franchise. Like, from movie yeah. to movie, they're so different that... I have very different feelings about them. Interesting. That is an incredible find. I'm glad I asked all this now. And wow. It's so the Colin report. I well, I have Incredible Hulk as my bottom. I'm shocked that you like that movie better than Dark World. I mean, the bottom three for me is Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor the Dark World. Okay. Yeah. So I think exactly. I like Incredible exactly Hulk. Exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I'll be honest with you. Thor Love and Thunder. Do, 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 do. Let's find you right here. Scrolling. <laughs> Scrolling above uh, Multiverse of Madness. Okay. It's below Ant-Man. <laughs> Under Endgame. Yeah, that's got to be right. <laughs> Where did it go? Oh, I've got it here at uh, 19. So okay. one below Jacob's 18? Yeah. So one below yeah. Jacob's. Wow. Of these phase four, I would put Shang-Chi and No Way yeah. Home above it. I think those have been the strongest parts of that so far. Some of the martial uh, arts sequences in Shang-Chi were really fun. Like the bus fight, the flashback I fight. I finale being so bad with the dragon. I yeah, gotta watch that. There's a CG Tony mess Lung, happening. That should probably raise it. Up. Tony yeah, Lung really lifts absolutely. it, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention yeah. while we're doing final thoughts about Thor yeah. Love and Thunder. Uh, the effects, right? So it's gotten kind of a little oh, bit blasted <laughs> about the quality of the effects. And there's a whole yeah. other thing with, uh, you know, a controversy surrounding, surrounding uh, Marvel paying for effects people not not paying uh you know as much as they could get for other jobs uh so it's interesting uh that's sort of a labor issue but Mm -hmm. how did you guys feel about the effects in this 
I said the volume looked dog shit. You can I tell. We talk about it a lot on here, but you can you you can see when someone knows how to use it as an additive, opposed to someone who's like, put a rock in front of it, dude, and we can basically move the whole thing around, and it'll just look endless. And you're like, I don't yeah. want it to look endless with one rock. That just makes it look like an empty planet, mm-hmm. right? And do you think with the volume and, and these new technologies they're using, they're getting a little bit lazy in how they do certain things? Always, Marvel I think. Is. I think you know we're talking about Marvel fatigue. With the audience, but what about the creatives? Like maybe they're just as over it. It's like I got to make six Marvel episodes. I got to do a bunch of Star Wars. Like we're all sharing the same studio space. We got the same bosses and producers. They're all cutting the checks. Like we got to bounce back and forth. It might kind of have a meeting where the corporate head says it's your job to get the world excited for Thor five. What fifth movie in a franchise have you ever been like? Well, this is the one. Yeah, yeah. By the time it, you know, reaches its stride. So you could definitely tell they're like taking shortcuts. Whereas the Mandalorian season one, that's somebody very creatively using the volume. And now it's just like, it's just like green screen now. Yeah, it's just fucking easy. Because it's not standard practice yet, it's someone scared of the technology. And you have to have that reticent fear to be like, I can't rely on this too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course, there's also, I don't know if you've seen the video of... Taika and Tessa Thompson doing a little, uh, I think it's for Vogue magazine or something, but they do like a director describing scenes or something. And oh yeah, they oh, break down. Kind of he's, 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 yeah, he's insulting the effects or, or talking you know badly about the effects in his own movie, and thereby kind of throwing the effects people under the bus. And I mm. did a little bit of a more deeper dive into sort of the labor issues surrounding it. And I've seen Reddit posts of people being like, yeah, I did effects for Marvel and I would rather pretty much do anything else than accept another Marvel job because, you know, you work long hours, crunch. Uh, they always want like nine options or something so they can be like, oh, let's go with that one. You know, they're very picky or they'll make you redo things a lot. So mm-hmm. Disney, it's, pay your employees. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy right? that b- billion dollar corporations don't want to pay people a fair wage. And, um, you know, it seems similar to the video game industry where it's like they get you based on like you have a passion for these movies and you want to work on one, but then they don't have to pay you shit. So exactly. Gore was right. The gods, <laughs> the gods must die. Must yeah. die. Eat, eat the rich. I think the, one, the one effect shot that really stood out for me as being like, what were they even thinking? What mm-hmm. were they going for? Is the the head of uh you know what's his name son of uh idris elba uh Heimdall. oh boy Heimdall. The, yeah yeah when he comes out and has the vision the that's floating insane. head that after when effects chris hemsworth has the uh helmet that's clearly never really cg on helmets on his too. head it's insane yeah it's like this is a 400 500 million dollar movie or whatever like make the helmet what are we doing here yeah <laughs> it's, it's like the, the fourth most expensive marvel movie apparently like around 200 yes. some million but it's like yes yeah we'd rather underpay some poor animator to do a cg helmet than pay somebody to either make it correctly or cg exactly. it correctly and, and we focus tested 80 percent of the movie away so you know yeah, none of that's like see the light of the day it's mm-hmm. disney so they're like well it doesn't matter if we do an amazing job because people still show up to see this anyways because it's the not big for marvel long. movie gotta, yeah <laughs> not so for long. relying on that too so, much we'll see if it changes so yeah let's yeah. talk about that then jacob let's say the future of all this you know what's it going to take for you to have another um uh, Spider-Man No Way Home moment where you really are truly satisfied by what Marvel is doing in the theater. We have a lot of big properties coming up. Um, Fantastic Four, X-Men, Wakanda all that forever. big stuff. Mm-hmm. Wakanda Forever. It's the Boy, next movie I'm, coming I'm out. I'm very nervous about that. <laughs> Joe and I talked a lot about that 
I think it's going to be a mess. Uh, I mean, no Black Panther, obviously. No. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya is uh, not in it. Uh, that's confirmed. Uh, nope. So it's going to be very interesting. And t- Joe told me some things that I uh, probably can't talk about now. But uh, I'm excited to see how that turns out. That's in like November or something. So that's coming up. We haven't seen a trailer. We haven't seen no. shit about wow. that. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And you know it's going to drop with the same thing this Thor one did some killer track that's the hook of the trailer you'll be like oh you know guns and roses is also big for wakanda forever okay awesome. right yeah yeah right i wonder if they uh i wonder if sweet child of mine got the the kate bush bump after this came out somehow i, I don't wonder if think that's the so most, i don't uh, think it did the <laughs> most guns and roses songs ever played in one movie because i think there's four different guns and roses songs they play in that don't movie. we yeah. cut the sweet do we get three sweet child of mine drops or something it's yeah. like much it's like ridiculous doing still in the cool score Let's yep. get that sweet child of mine. We get no, like November nice Rain, sweet, I believe. November Rain, yeah. Which, which the jungle. James Gunn beat Welcome you to it. Jungle. Yeah. With John Cena. It got right. better November Rain <laughs> reference. Way better. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys. I don't want to think Mike. about better superhero directors. No. But just your excitement level, Mike, is it coming back if Thor comes down and he's high-fiving Wolverine and talking about, like, the mutants meeting up with, you know, the Asgardians? <sighs> I think maybe it would take something to the level of the X-Men being introduced and it would have to be handled extremely well. I also think you could use Deadpool cleverly in that endeavor. Like, you're not the guy I remember, but you're like, you know, I know you guys. Like, right. why, why are you talking to me? Right. Like, you could use uh, the fifth, fourth wall breaking. Yeah. Um, uh, I will remind you, are, of course, yeah. the X-Men have been introduced. Professor Charles Xavier had his neck snapped in the last movie we watched. In a different yeah, universe, yeah. though. We've gotten a couple of teases. We've gotten the Quicksilver tease in WandaVision. Uh, but I think mutants are coming. I think that's going to be the next kind of big thing where they're like, we need to top like No Way Home with all these Spider-Man actors. I think at some point they're going to pay uh, Robert Downey Jr. like $100 million to return as, as uh, maybe no, you, a... You pay, him a, you pay him a billion at just yeah. to allow you Flat. to recreate him in a computer Mark Hamill style. <laughs> he doesn't even have to yeah. show up. And that'll right. be the first he time that that's to. ever been. No, he would. No, yeah. you just pay me a hundred million. I don't have to he show up. He an earpiece. He hates acting. Right, right. He hates it. He just hates recreate it. my voice digitally. I don't care. Just yeah. send me the check. Do what you want. You know, like, like, okay, that's what I do. But I'm pretty fatigued. It seems like the creatives are too. Um, yeah. But yeah, I will watch Ant-Man 3 because I like Paul Rudd a lot. <laughs> that's what I'm looking forward to is Ant-Man 3. Yeah, again, if that one is not good, I'm pretty much checked out until the that's X-Men the show up. That's the one you have hope for? I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm the only guy who likes Ant-Man. I know it doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> but I do. Did you see that helmet he sent to that Baskin kid? Robbins. It's the nicest guy oh, ever. Oh, that was I mean, I love nice. Paul Rudd. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. I'm just a Paul Rudd stand, so I'll watch it. Now, yeah. Mike, did you know in-universe, and maybe this will be the reason you finally watch Miss Marvel, mm. is that everybody knows the events of Endgame, like the battle with Thanos at the compound, time travel, all that stuff to bring everybody back, mm. because Paul Rudd's Ant-Man, Scott Lang, did a podcast where he explains it to everyone, and he's like, let me <laughs> lay out like hilarious. the history of the world. This is like I what happened. That. And everybody's like, what? That is what Scott Lang would do. They're not going to call him that often for missions, <laughs> no. you know? Like, no. Yeah. Hang out yeah, with by all accounts, podcast. By mm-hmm. all accounts, Miss Marvel is like the one Marvel thing right now that is getting positive reception. Uh, so I'm definitely going to have to check that out at some point. Especially during the doldrums of, you know, 
prestige yeah. TV. Maybe that's the one that we're sleeping on that we should check out Miss Marvel. And you know, I know they teased with Loki that Kang is going to be a big thing and there could be multiple forms of him. Maybe that'll come back in Quantumania, but that's the only thing I can see this leading to is Kang. And then I know the Russo brothers mentioned that their dream would be secret wars, but secret we'll see wars, if we get that. Yes, absolutely. But Mike, I just want to stop you and say, you just mentioned the thing I need for a Thor five. My dad's watching all these Thor movies. Cause he just saw this in theaters and he goes, you know, I was watching dark world. You know what really works in that movie? I said, what? Tom Hiddleston. I was like, yeah, man, these movies uh, are missing this show Tom called Hiddleston. Loki. This is I, the first the, one without the, the him. Chemistry. I want yeah. Loki back in the fold with the big boy. I, I want them together again. Oh, especially if we don't have Jane anymore. Get Loki back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've seen the end of the world, brother. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Here, there we scary. go. There's your plot. There's your plot. Oh, yeah. Um, let's go make a wish together. But yeah. We'll see. It's it's right. pretty fatiguing, but uh, I'm glad I'm glad I checked it out at least for the stuff that did work. I got to see a cool uh, Elden Ring villain in my Marvel movie. That was neat uh, for me, at least. So, Mike, would you do a uh, Necro Blade build? Uh, you know, the blade to kill the gods. You know what? Yeah. Hell you got to yeah, two-hand dude. it. You got to build that strength up and then two-hand it. You got to first, you start off as deprived because you're in a desert dehydrated <laughs> and then you get that weapon and level up till you can use it. Yeah. And as you yeah. kill the gods, you cash. That first god probably gave him 80,000 runes that he cashed and leveled up pretty high because that's a high level first boss kill. For Oh, yeah. And what is core. the, uh, what are the abilities in Elden Ring called that are on the weapons? Oh, it's the weapon arts. Weapon art and the weapon art is to create like a shadow master. Yeah, have, like, yeah, it's ashes. a summon. Yeah, the ashes of oh war. Oh my Jacob. god, it's Elden yeah, Ring. Exactly, these fuckers. Exactly hey, oh man, <laughs> somebody tell From Software to sue these guys. Yeah, <laughs> he literally uses ashes of war to summon spirits. Ooh, baby. Okay, well that's it. That's my tinfoil. That's very all funny. right. If nobody has anything else to say about Thor, um, we. Kind of felt like we kind of liked it. But, of course, we'd love to know what you think, Normies. You can hit us up at Normies underscore like underscore us. Or you can write in and be like, yo, I'm Steve the Pod Butcher. And <laughs> you guys fucking suck. And I'm going to come cut you up with this fucking blade because Thor Love and Thunder is my favorite oh, movie. Oh, Guns and Roses that. forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like the like, Axel, yeah, by the way. Is that a, was that the Guns and Roses? He says it he's was, a singer. Astered, no, it's Axel like a, now. A, yeah, yeah, kind of a trans thing, but it was done in a weird way that I didn't totally get. But he was like, "Oh, yeah, there was." He was singer Axel. I'm named after him now. And then Cork hmm. says, "Stop dead naming the child." I believe, right? And <laughs> well, yeah, then Thor relents like, and goes, "Like oh, your name is Astral. Astral. Huh, Oh, like, nice. No, Axel. Yeah, so. That was all right. Yeah, there was something going on there. I didn't pick up. Yeah, that. you didn't even pick it up. That's why it wasn't very well done, huh. because if it was better done, more people would have got that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but my uh, one final thought that I just want to say is mm. that for some reason, this had this movie had two similarities to Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. <laughs> nice tease for the next month. two. Yeah. <laughs> but for some reason, it starts with a guy wandering in the desert, uh, just like... Uh, Star Trek V, Final Frontier, and then Cybok comes up. And then what is Gore trying to do? He's trying to get to the center of the West universe. to a portal. Wow. To meet what he thinks is it's the God, thing. Right? So, yeah, wow. Weird Mike, did you like Eternity, by the way? I found him very scary to look at. Eternity itself? It's 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 just the volume. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you don't know that. It could have been taken a sheet. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, 
I don't know. But I, I think we have identified what Tyke has been doing, listening to our podcast, because he played Elden Ring, and he's been watching Star Trek mo- feature films, and he just yeah. borrowed a lot of that for this screenplay. Star Trek Five, this William Shatner so. guy is really yeah. on the right track. You're welcome. And Matt and Trey yeah, for stealing but, our PP+. Plus. Uh, Everyone's a fan. Uh, listeners, get ready for next week, where, of course, if you come back, we'll be talking about our uh, next Star Trek film, the fourth film in the series. So right. look forward to that. If you enjoyed this one-week break from Star Trek, don't worry. There's going to be <laughs> more Star Trek. Still, you said at the top, Jacob, we did it in every episode, and you still found a way to go. Actually, this film's kind of like it's the still Star Trek. Trek. I know, but when I was watching Thor in the theater, I couldn't stop thinking about the similarities to Star Trek Five. I was like, I wonder if Heiko watched this movie and took these subconsciously took these ideas from. Mm-hmm. Well, you remember that Gore's wife's name is Cybok, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angel. It's she's Angel, and the daughter's name is Love. Love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, that we've been your host. This is uh, Colin Love. Um, uh, Twist no. of the episode. This is called that because my name is Normies Like Us. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I'll just say I'm uh, Maxel. <laughs> nice. And uh, this is Gore the Cobb Butcher. Mm. All right. Thanks, Normies. Catch you next time. Bah. Bah. Or I guess that's a sheep. That was really good. I forgot. We didn't even mention the goats. And I'm so glad that we skipped them. Fuck those goats. 2010. Yeah. Yeah, This funniest thing for five-year-olds. Bye. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools.